It's the Renegades Rant Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Renegade. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you want to start your own podcast, go to anchor.fm or to your phone's app stores and download Anchor today. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am excited to have my next guest. You may know her from TikTok. Uh, you've seen her on Fox News several times. This is Stephanie Nash. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for doing the show. So uh, coming into this, you know, making my podcast, I want to get people on here that are actually doing things out in the communities and bringing awareness to a lot of the things that's going on in this country. And you've been very influential in speaking up with the no farms, no food. So, you know, coming into all this, uh, if you could just give us our, your backstory on uh, your social media journey uh, through bringing everybody's awareness to the no farms, no food. Yeah. So, you know, I came from California Originally, we farmed over 80 years there for a dairy farm. And uh, then 2013, we had enough with California politics and just everything in general in California was the cost of living, the regulations, um, the environmental, you know, pages that we would have to do to let the government know that we weren't the bad guys. So it was a lot of... um, back and forth with us fighting with Los Angeles and San Francisco and being the largest agriculture county in the United States, you know, we just felt like we couldn't do our job correctly there. So then we moved to Tennessee. I went to finish my education at UT Knoxville. Um, I was at Fresno State before. And so when we moved and when I graduated from college, I came back home and, you know, I saw a void within the community. I saw, um, you know, Farmers and ranchers still struggling, didn't matter what state you were coming from. Now, there was this agenda to get rid of agriculture, that agriculture was the problem for climate change, that we as the people don't do enough for the planet. And so it really happened when COVID, COVID started. Like that was, that was my big pushing point was when farmers and ranchers were dumping milk and the shelves were empty that I was like, you know, there's billions of dollars for these programs, for educational programs, for our food supply, and they did nothing. They had the opportunity to bottle that milk that was being dumped to, you know, invest into our food and making sure consumers had it, and they didn't. They didn't. They let people um, go without, and so that really bugged me, and the other thing was, you know, there was a lot of money that was supposed to be given to family farmers or ranchers. And I saw that money not going into programs or going to family farmers, ranchers. You know, we, we, the USDA and Farm Bureau ended up doing investigations on it. Still don't know where some of that money is. So it was kind of crazy to believe that we were, you know, in this generation of, you know, now we're going to have to be fighting for this money that has been trying to get being given out to family farmers, ranchers. And so, I started the platform to bring truth to regulations, to bring truth to what is happening in our country, and ultimately, you know, be a voice that can go against our own USDA and our own politicians um, and try to save agriculture. 
Yeah. And, you know, uh, Tom Vilsack, uh, uh, he's a piece of shit. I, yes. I really can't stand him. He, <laughs> he's all about he's all about the establishment. And it just goes to show with what they're doing to the farmers and ranchers and what they are doing to like the school lunch program. I mean, they're completely decimating every aspect of the farming industry and uh, the ranchers and what they're doing up there in Washington. It just goes to show they they don't care about the American people or really our health. They want to push this plant based food down our throat and think that it's uh, really a good source of nutrients coming out of it and we know that's that's false yeah it's it's scary to think that these people are so hung up on the agenda and you know i was just on a show earlier and i was talking about just look at the pattern look at where our country has gone from farmers and ranchers having their own say and what they produce not having to go through hurdles not having to spend all this money And now you look at how easy it is for the plant-based industry to just build a plant, put it out there, doesn't matter what ingredients it's in, like what ingredients, you know, the product has, doesn't matter if it's harmful to you. Like they're talking about ingredients and our agriculture produce that is harmful to humans' bodies, it causes cancer, whatever, but it's not chemicals. It's not chemicals. Everything that we consume, there's always going to be a scientist out there that says, oh, it's not good for you because he's part of the agenda. In our country, we have bogus scientists. We have bogus politicians lining their pockets with an agenda instead of actually giving facts to the American people. And like you said, I think it's disgusting that they're going after our children now in our schools. We've had milk programs since I was born. And that's important not only to people, um, you know, with deficiencies and low immune systems and it's what our country stands on. Absolutely. And, you know, I just me being a kid, I remember it was always important uh, with the school lunches. They always made sure you had milk. They always made sure you had something with cheese on it. You had, you know, some kind of vegetable. And now, I mean, just looking at what they have in the school lunch programs now, it's it's disgusting to see what some of these kids are putting in their bodies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I have a problem when they put Lucky Charms in the top 10 that it's nutritionist, you know, nutritional <laughs> for our children. And that's just, that's the reality we live in because, you know, Big Corp continues to make marginal profits. You know, it's, it's not only for consumers, the people that are, you know, giving the food to the grocery store, but it's the packers and the processing plants. And, you know, China's investing and Russia's investing and other countries are investing into our food. And so they're making deals to get a lot of money and the farmers and ranchers are not getting any of that difference. You know, milk is anywhere from 350 to 429 a gallon now. And who do you think's getting that extra money? Because it's not the farmer rancher, I'll tell you that. They cut our pay last month and the month before that. So we need to have a system and we need to have somebody to call out these big organizations. Do you think I'm scared? No, I'm not scared, okay? I know at the end of the day, if something were to happen, these farmers and ranchers that stand with me, 
even though they don't have the time to speak up. I mean, some farmers and ranchers do it themselves. I'm lucky enough to have some employees so I can travel and I can speak out, you know, but some of these farmers and ranchers are tired. They've been doing it for generations and they need the younger generation to step up and not care about their followers, not care about sponsorships, not follow the leader, okay? It's time to be the leader. I mean, agriculture's dying and, and, and until people start to wake up and realize what the government is doing to our food, we're gonna be in a situation where there's going to be food shortages and there's going to be family farmers and ranchers selling off their land because they can't deal with regulations and taxes. I mean, that's, I mean, look at the American economy. If you're an American just sitting here listening to what I'm saying, how much more are you paying at the grocery store? How much more are you paying for gas? How much more are you paying at Walgreens for resources that you need, whether it's, you know, showering items, you know, shaving cream, whatever. You know, it, it's the same thing with agriculture. We're paying more for feed, more for parts. And that's because Big Gov is is saying we're in we're in higher inflation and the, the economy is not is is well Biden will say it's doing good. It's not doing good, but <laughs> You know, like, see it from that perspective, and then you're like, oh, shit, yeah, maybe we do have rights. Maybe we should start standing up for food and everyday items in America, you know? You start calling out organizations. They- yeah, and I mean, you got companies like ADM and Cargill and yeah. Dreyfus, and they're just driving out all these people that are in the, that have been family farmers for generations and you even have bill gates that's going around buying up all this private land and he's buying up farmland and they're just forcing people out of being farmers yep yeah i mean people don't understand i mean look at new york it's a great example i still have a lot of farmers up there that um, are part of that but you know new york in in the 90s and the early 2000s they hiked taxes up they made it almost impossible for farmers to keep their land, and, and that's what they do first. They, they, they go after your taxes for your land, and then they implement regulations, and then they implement all these letters saying you're not doing this or that from the city. And then at the end of the day, you're like, well, you know, it's not worth it. You know, that's, I don't think America is looking at money signs for a farmer. I don't believe they're selling off their land for that purpose. I think they're... They're selling off the land because they know the government can control what they do. I mean, whether it's regulations from the USDA, whether it's the taxes, whether it's their own communities saying, oh, that farm smells like we have became we you know, we've become a selfish country. We have we don't we don't think about our rural communities. We pass a tractor on the road going 65 miles an hour and we're entitled when we go to the grocery store to pick out those products, but we don't give back to our rural communities. That's the world we live in. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not being harsh, but we're forgetting about educating our children and we're letting the teachers do it. I'm not saying all teachers are bad, but there are teachers with an agenda. And that's what we have to protect our kids from. Um, and, you know, there, there was a lot of hate on um, a couple of stars for talking about teachers. We're not hating on all teachers. We're, we're hating on teachers that have this agenda teach your kids different topics and agendas that you as parents do not want to be instilled into your children. Okay. At the end of the day, they're your kids to raise. You have to teach them how you want. And I think that's something we can get ahead on in life is, is teaching our kids, you know, it's okay to go play outside. It's okay to, you know, have a dog and go, go run in the fields and not be on video games and social media 24 seven. Um, cause that's, that's how they get your children. They, they get them in on that social media and, uh, they teach them things that you might not be aware of. And so you got to be careful. 
Yeah, I mean, I talked about this on my podcast with a couple other people before. I remember being in school, and I don't know, I'm 46 years old. So back when we would go to school, we would take field trips. And one of our field trips, we would have a Pioneer Day. And we would go up to one of the local cities around by our school and we would go through pioneer day and learn how to churn butter and do things like the pioneers did then we would do like a 4-h day we would go out and we would go to one of the farms and we would learn stuff about 4-h and farming and stuff like that you don't do that stuff for these kids these days they have no clue what goes on at a farm yeah and and you know Yeah, I was going to say real quick, you know, the one thing that bugs me, and I think more schools are getting out this year. I've had a lot of schools come and do tours. But the one thing that bugs me is schools will come back and be like, that's that's too expensive for us to go do or whatever level school they are. We don't get that kind of funding. That's sad of how much money is being given to education and keeping your kids in a classroom. Like I was the kid that learned outside the classroom. I was the kid that needed to be hands-on with things. I was not a test taker. I was not a homework kind of person. I'm that kind of kid that needed to be hands-on to learn. And so if you want to look at our country and look at the stats of how people, you know, our kids are doing in tests or doing in school, it's gone down drastically. And I think that goes back to what you just said. You know, we don't have pioneer days. We don't have days where these kids can get out and learn with their hands and with their minds and see you know, how we as agriculture uh, do our job. And that's so important. That's I think that's something missing in our country. That's something that I'm fighting for here in Tennessee is to encourage these schools to get out, to have the moms and dads raise some money so their kids can go and have a scoop of homemade ice cream and learn about a cow and see, you know, interact with the calves because that's special. That's something they're they're never going to forget. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that some of these schools say that they can't afford to take a field trip to, you know, just say a farm to do to do that. But yet a lot of these schools to take and take those kids to a drag show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, yeah. they want to push that initiative, but they don't want to push the fact that there's things they need to learn how to do in this country, like grow a garden and learn about agriculture and how things work because what our government is telling us with this uh green new deal shit the inflation uh uh reduction act is that they want to kill completely the co2 in this in the world yeah if they don't understand fucking science you need co2 to make things grow yeah you know, and they don't tell the ki- the kids this. They want to say agriculture is bad. You know, cows farting is causing us to, you know, lose our world. You know, the, the ice caps are melting and all this shit. And we know that to be a lie. And, you know, these parents need to stand up for their kids and not allow the school boards to control and dictate your parental rights. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. That's so important. You know, what I've what I've seen across America is this wave of, you know, I just feel like if you have an opinion, especially in your industry, okay, we've gotten away from actually listening to people that are educated on certain topics and we've formed our own opinions. That's a big problem in our country, okay? Especially with agriculture, Google is is there politicians and numbers and fake scientists are there 
But the reality is, you know, if you if you dig a little deeper and if you are, you know, thinking um, about climate change and that agriculture is the problem, look at transportation. Look up all these housing developments that are coming into our country. Look at, you know, the 1% flying their jets from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Look how much CO2 emissions is being generated from one airplane. So we can't continue to let these politicians and activists and influencers, celebrities say that they want to save the planet, but then live a three, five, six hundred million dollar lifestyle of giving back to emissions. That's not the way I'm going to roll. And I'll continue to call out people for being hypocritical because I think that's ridiculous. You know, you look like Pelosi, you know, she got her hair done during COVID because she was Pelosi. It's the same thing in, in each industry. I mean, you know, you look at nurses during COVID and how some of them were fighting back, but some of them continued to, you know, go to work and just do what they they wanted to do because that was their job. And, you know, I get it. People weren't getting paid. They had to do that. But it's an ugly situation when our country forces you into their opinions and their agenda. It's just disgusting. And that's why I've continued to stand up for agriculture because I'm not going to be that farmer or rancher to stand in line and say, you're being a good farmer or rancher and we're going to reward you because that's when we continue to let our food security diminish. That's when we continue to let our farmers and ranchers go out of business. And that is exactly what our government wants. Absolutely. 100%. You know, and they, they're taking these vaccines. Now they're vaccinating our cattle and our, mm-hmm. our pigs. Yeah. So that just goes to show that they want this vaccine in people. They want, they want to taint and destroy everything they can with it to push their agenda even further. Yeah, but can we talk about that really quick? Because yeah. I think that's that's a big problem. So this is this is something that people are not are gonna have a hard time agreeing with me. Okay. I've been on three, four different platforms since it came out. And you know, Ben Neal, he owns a butcher shop in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm really good friends with him and his wife Lauren. And we talked about it the other day. You know, we we believe that the mRNA vaccine does not have enough research. And it has not been approved in cattle yet or licensed. And it's hard for people to understand that because what we think is happening is it's, it's a new vaccine. Like, like usual, there's tons of new vaccines coming out and we don't have a lot of information. So they went ahead and released an article or a couple articles, not many, on the vaccine, calling it a COVID vaccine for cattle. And what me and Ben believe is that they're trying to scare people for their agenda. There's not enough information about this vaccine. Am I going to give it? No. Is Ben going to give it? No. A lot of farmers and ranchers are not going to give the vaccine, but the public and the news media will tell you that we are. And so what I think is happening is because consumers are reading this, they're afraid of buying beef or they're creating fear in the American home. And that's going to lead alternatives. Okay. So I think it's part of the agenda. I do not believe that it's going to get passed. And I believe if people do use it, it's going to be on a, on a label for our food. But I would not follow the agenda of this being a COVID vaccine. I don't believe it. I, I really don't believe it's a COVID vaccine. I think it's a good way for them to initiate fear into the home of what people are buying and I think it's just making it harder on the beef farmers to do their job because right now farmers and ranchers know what they're giving their cattle. 
They know it's safe. And I know that's hard to believe because COVID vaccines scared a lot of people. I mean, I didn't get the COVID vaccine. I didn't believe in it. But I do believe in old-fashioned vaccines that have been around for years. I mean, look at chickenpox. Chickenpox vaccine. And there are certain vaccines that we do trust. But this new technology and this new agenda, that's dangerous. I do. I, I understand that. But don't think that we're pumping stuff into our beef because that's just going to make people buy alternatives. And I think that's what they're doing with this agenda. They're trying to scare the American people, if that makes sense. That's just what I've I've seen and heard. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. 100% on that. They, uh, they're doing everything they can to des- destroy the, the ranching industry, the farming yeah. industry with this. And I, I believe it's part of an agenda that's going to further lead down to even more uh, tyrannical things. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you know about the 15-minute city uh, aspects that they're going to, like 25 cities here in the U.S. are signing on to become 15-minute cities. So I think this is part of that agenda that they are going to push out all the actual food that we eat and we're going to be stuck eating all this plant based. And, you know, as they were saying, eat crickets and eat bugs and stuff like that. I think that's their main agenda to try and push that. Yeah. And I I know people like there's a lot of Trump lovers up there and I don't care who you voted for. But the one thing that he was good at is. He was good at debunking climate change. He was good at saying it's just a money scam. And I've seen it for generations growing up. And as I get older, I see them, you know, uh, increasing the number of how climate change is affecting our world and how they get more funding every year. And it's not to work with the farmer rancher on being more sustainable or giving them money to improve their farms because a lot of those farms were built back in the 50s 60s 70s and they don't have the capital to you know try to try to do better like they just don't and i I think it's disgusting because you know when we were living leaving california you needed to put a cover over your manure pit because you were saving the planet and it's just like little things that add up that put farmers and ranchers in bankruptcy around this country um, like I said earlier, with the taxes, with the regulations, they had the practices that, are, that farmers and ranchers can do. Not every farm is going to have a digester, which uh, turns manure into methane. Not every farm is going to have um, a top-of-the-art freestyle barn or uh, electric fences um, because feed is high. Parts are high. Everything's high, okay? So... You know, if they're doing a good job, if they're working with the community, if they're just nice, down home, happy for their lifestyle people, leave them alone. Let them feed the world. Let them grow their cattle and their crops the way that they have done for generations because they know. They know the land. They know the environment. They know the weather. Okay? And so that's what's happening in our country. We're like, oh, you need to do this because that's better. Is that really better? Is that what you're reading on web? you know, WebMD or whatever, you know, <laughs> uh, so uh, WebMD for cattle. Right. So right. it's just funny. I mean, and this goes back, I mean, for years, but I remember back in 2014 with the uh, Bundy ranch, when the BLM went out there, the Bureau of land management, and they were trying to take away their ability to have their cattle because they were, you know, saying they weren't paying for their grazing rights. I mean, this is just uh, another aspect of what's been going on since then is to find a way to take out the farmers and ranchers by 
any means necessary. And it was good to see people like that stand up and say, no, we're not going to fall for your bullshit. We've had this land predated before the Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, and that's a that's a good topic you could get on. I mean, I don't know too much about, you know, BLM, but Sarah Fallon would be your girl. She fights against them all the time and sues them, so it's great. But, you know, I do know that they've been working with this administration to get land um, into government hands. That's, that's their goal by 2030. Um, you know, I've learned in the past couple of years that BLM is going to do what they want. Okay, they make their own rules. They don't follow any regulations. And they are not on the side of the family farm or ranch. They're like, oh, Bureau of Land Management, they're going to save our ranching communities and our land. Uh, no, back up, okay? They're working with the government. They don't want land to be farmed. They want to do their own stuff, whether it's, I mean, a great example is what Sarah's working on or was working on with, you know, they went into the mountains and they shot those cattle, left them for dead, didn't pick up the carcasses. And BLM pretty much said, oh, that's fine. You know, if that was to happen on any family farm or ranch and it was polluted into the water supply, we would be fined and shut down. So our government is, again, hypocritical. They're going against their own rules and they don't care about the land or water. They really don't. They wouldn't let China come in and, and invest into our food because that's what they're doing. And they wouldn't buy up land and let it sit there. That's what they're doing. That's what Bill Gates is doing. He's not even farming it. He's just letting it sit there. Um, and so we're 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 in a world where we're allowing people to attack our own food supply. It's disgusting. It's it's outrageous and needs to be stopped and talked about. Yeah, and the, as far as the foreign countries coming in here, I mean, we know Saudi Arabia, China, uh, Russia. Uh, several other countries have been coming in here and just taking the land out from under people. And as far as Gates, we know a lot about his ability to buy up these lands, but he's buying the land strategically because they're sitting on aquifers. And this is what T. Boone Pickens did before he passed away. And he was buying up land near water aquifers and they were draining the water aquifers and then sending the water off to third world countries and selling it for billions of dollars yeah yeah i mean i i hear about people they contact me all the time because i'm like the best thing you can do for yourself is look at who's buying land around you do some research and i actually had this farmer reach out to me and he said you want to know who just bought next to me and i said who he said bill gates and i said i am not surprised it was under a new jersey company uh, he's an investor in. And so you're not going to see Bill Gates on the front sign. You're going to have to do your research and figure out who it is. But he bought about a thousand acres um, in Arkansas. And it, it's it's here and there. It adds up really quickly. You buy a thousand here, you buy 5,000 next door, you buy 10,000 the next state over. It adds up really quickly. And so that's scary to, to think, you know, what is going on? You know, I just went to, we go to World Outreach here in Murfreesboro. Great, oh, great pastor. You want to have a pastor? that protects your kids and education. Oh, he is not afraid to be honest. And I love it. So we had some military guys come and speak Friday night and um, they spoke about how, you know, when we left Afghanistan, uh, China was given the lithium rights to where the lithium was coming from. And so you look at electric cars and how the administration wants to push electric and energy infrastructure. Yeah, because they're they're partnering with China. 
you know? It's crazy. When he talked about that, I said, amen. This is what I talk about on my platform about agriculture, how our food security is being threatened. And it's just that. It's the military. When they pulled out, we were threatened with enemies coming into a country and making billions of dollars off those resources that we could have protected ourselves. And so it's not just my industry that works together on those kind of stuff. The military as well, people are speaking out about us, you know, not being able to sustain that area. Yeah. And the thing about Afghanistan is a lot of people, if you've never seen how they mine for lithium, mm-hmm. you think it uh, it's for a Green New Deal, go watch and see how they mine for lithium. It's yeah. You want to talk about destruction to the earth. That's exactly what that is. It's complete and, and total devastation. And to get to all that you to get to all that you have to use that equipment and that equipment uses diesel so you're still putting emissions in the air yeah i mean it's crazy like even on the internet that's google if you want to learn about practices because what you're gonna get is you're gonna get PETA and humane society at the top of your search list you're gonna get plant-based if you look in at the top of your search list Oh, become a vegan. It's healthy. It's like a cult. Like, this is how I believe. It's like a creepy cartoon. It's like, if you eat meat, you can save the planet. Like, it's just some creepy ass shit, in my opinion. Like, do not put that into your bodies. Lithium electric cars, don't look it up on Google because they're going to be like, oh, this is saving the planet. Buy an electric car. They're not going to tell you how they're getting lithium batteries. Okay. They're not educating correctly. That's the biggest problem. So, it's just scary to think about people that actually believe this stuff. It's scary to believe. I mean, look at states like Michigan, you know, um, they are a big rural community. They have a lot of dairies up there, but because of their, not only their governor, but because of cities like Detroit, it just kills the votes for what they want as a state. And I, that i mean that's why tennessee i'm like if you're moving here because you think like them don't go somewhere else go to new york city or go back to california but don't move here if you're gonna vote for that crap to come into tennessee and that's that's something that i'm concerned about here i mean i don't know how many people follow from tennessee or kentucky i mean we're, we're kind of on the same same boat there's a lot of people moving into both states the conservation meetings and you know political parties are saying that uh, we're building a lot, you know, we're, we're creating more emissions, whatever, and they'll talk about it. But then they want to implement nutrient management programs for farmers and ranchers. And I'll just tell you, coming from California, you'd never want to hear about a nutrient management program, okay? means more regulations, means more government control, and it, it's them looking over your shoulder every minute of every day. And so I think moving forward as a country, you have to protect rural communities. You can't build and say, oh yeah, I'm moving to this area and it's going to be great and we're going to love it. And then you're going to complain about the farmer next door. And then you're going to vote on this ridiculous regulation to make us do more paperwork and be controlled by the government. I mean, that's what's happening to these states that people are moving to. Uh, Luckily, Texas doesn't do that crap. They They don't stand with it. So they're lucky there. But I'm really worried about Tennessee. I don't think we have the right right heads on the shoulders here, especially with some of our ag committee 
I went to a meeting and I just wasn't confident. They were, they were talking about conservation easements and I'm like, do you know what a conservation easement is? I mean, me and Sarah talk about this all the time. She's really good at it. They put wording in there to trap you, to make you do things that they want for their agenda. Okay. And so I'm not going to sell my soul to the government. I'd rather just sell my, you know, sell off my farm. If at the end of the day, they come, come on to me, you know, on my farm, but it's scary to think that all of these little things are adding up to killing off the family farmer or rancher. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're, they're destroying Texas. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you look at all the people that are leaving, and I know there's a lot of people that are leaving California because I know a few that are leaving and coming to Tennessee, and they're doing the same thing. You know, they're completely liberal, and they still have that mindset, and they think they're going to go to Tennessee, and they're going to start changing things there. The, if you want to live that way, stay in the state that you're in. Don't bring yeah. that shit somewhere else because evidently it doesn't work for you because you're leaving to go to another state to do the same thing. I mean, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's just it's a hard, it's a hard conversation to have sometimes. Yeah. And I want to bring up the fact that you were talking about other people leaving from, from the democratic States. I mean, look at what Oregon's doing to the state of Oregon. I mean, they're, they're oh, the little yeah. brother of, of California. And I want to hit this because I know that you're involved with the farming and the ranchers, but the bill, I think it was House Bill 3214, the Traveling Animal Act bill, where they are saying that's not involving the rodeo, but if it's a traveling act that involves the rodeo, they're trying to get rid of rodeo in Oregon. And the majority of the people who are on ranches, that's a lot of a big part of their business is going and doing rodeo. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just that bill. They're talking about, okay, so what's happening right now is um, they're talking about actually putting ear tags in cattle that are crossing state lines to detect disease. And so that's kind of almost similar to what you're talking about with rodeo. It's crazy to me how much control they want. A ear tag is not going to tell me if this cow has a disease, okay? I'm going to have to look at signs. I'm going to have to get her blood tested. There's a lot of things you have to look for. It is a way for the government to track where these cattle and animals are going. That's the end story. We don't have to discuss it more. We don't have to talk about it more of how it's going to help the planet because I don't want to talk to these Looney Tunes, okay? It is a tracker, and it's it's unconstitutional to our rights. It's our property. We are driving with our property across state lines, just like an American that wants to travel to a different state to go on vacation. It's no different. People are like, oh, you're, you have animals. It's a safety issue. No, they're coming from my farm. They look healthy. They look great. They're going somewhere else. They're going to an event. And you have to think like the rodeo, they take very safe precautions to make sure all animals are safe and healthy and that they have the best treatment possible. I mean, some of those bulls have five, six million into them. You think they're going to treat those bulls inhumanely and, you know, go against their own livelihoods? No. So why do I need a tracker to tell me how my cattle are doing? I don't. It's it's government control. It's the government tracking us is what it is. It's 100% what it is. It's all about control. Anything that they're doing is all about control. 
this is why they are wanting to get the uh, digital ID system here in the U.S. They they want to be able to track and follow everything we do, everything we say. You know, that also brings in your social credit credit system that they want to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, everything. So people who think that this is conspiracy, go look at what's happening in China. They've been doing it for three and a half years now where they've done these 15-minute cities. You are on the social credit system and you have carbon tax and carbon uh, footprints that they follow. If you don't, you know, if you uh, eat a piece of, of meat, you're fine for that. They deduct it from your social credit score. And you're only allotted so much in your social credit score. So the more that you violate those little rules, the less of a credit score you're going to have, the less energy you're going to have, the less food you're going to have. Do we really want this in the United States, which used to be the freest country in the entire world? Now we're seeing it on our doorstep. Yeah, I mean, the other thing on top of that is, you know, what's scary. I think this is the worst thing that could have happened to agriculture at this time is how the Biden administration rewrote WOTUS because it's not clear on what is going to happen. I mean, it's very vague. I mean, you can go over it. Sarah Fallon just went over it. I haven't had time to really dig a little bit deeper, but Sarah was like, it's very to tell us anything about how they can, you know, how they can overreach. It's, it's very vague to the point where it seems like they can overreach in anything and they can sue you for anything. Um, if, if Americans don't know what WOTUS is, it's the waters of the U.S. It's you as individual people having rights on your land to do what you want with your water. And that's being stripped. And like you went back, you know, you talked about Bill Gates and, and what he's doing being under those, you know, under the water and taking it and selling it for other countries. Uh, wake up, people. The government's doing the same thing to your private land. They want your water. They everything they want your land they want you to sell it um so that's that's dangerous that's something that i feel like glenn thompson ag committee has been great at but he needs to get the rest of the ag committee to stand up i mean that's that's what i talk about here in tennessee sorry i'm not really confident on the ag committee don't think they have much of a backbone okay if they're telling us to do conservation easements and they don't really care about what we're talking about, I have a problem with them, okay? The only one I trust right now is John Rose. He's our congressman. He's a beef farmer, and he loves what I have to say, so he's a good guy. But other than that, I don't trust anybody. So um, in my opinion, if we had more farmers and ranchers standing up, running for office, we would be in a better situation. But farmers and ranchers also don't have a lot of money. (laughs) Did I mention that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people for some reason just have this idea that a lot of farmers and ranchers is they have millions of dollars. They don't understand how an operation actually works. I have an uncle who's a farmer and he has to have other jobs in order to run his farm. I mean, he has a dump truck business where he goes and picks up all kinds of different uh rock and sand and everything else and move it for companies. Um you know, he's got a bunch of different businesses on top of his farming business just to trying to keep the bills and paid and keep the lights on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's a lot of farmers in here in, t- in Tennessee. A lot of them have another job on top of farming because the farming doesn't pay enough. 
I mean, if you're, if you're on a larger scale, I mean, I wouldn't call us large dairy farms have really, really grown. I mean, there's not many of us left. They've all families have come together on one co-op or, you know, you look at producer, uh, there are 30,000 cows, fair oaks, they have a lot of cows. So dairy farms aren't small anymore, but the beef farmers still are. They're still very small family owned farms and, um, you know, they, they can't always just have cattle nowadays. They have to have another job. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, and my uncle has a very large operation, but I mean, he's the same way he's being harassed by, you know, big corporations involved in big agriculture, like Hargill and shit like that, or, you know, <laughs> trying to take his land out from under him and he's doing everything he can to survive. So he does other jobs and, has a fleet of trucks and stuff to, to keep busy and pay the bills. But yeah, I mean, that's about every, you know, family farm and rancher. They, they have to have side gigs to, to keep things going. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing I wanted to bring up was in Canada, you know, you have the UN and I'm not sure how aware you are of this, but the UN is going up there and, buying up all the land as well in Canada and it's mainly the farmlands. Yeah. So I've been actually following this and same with the Netherlands, you know, their government is buying up land and, you know, India actually, people don't understand this or realize it, but during COVID I was actually working with a lot of people that lived in India that were fighting against the government. Cause at that time the government was destroying their land, taking it from them <clears throat> and, there's a big percentage, I think it's over 80% that are farmers that feed their, themselves and their families in India. And so it started with them and then it trickled down to the Netherlands and then Canada of how the government is really overreaching. And it's, it's crazy to think that we're behind that, but we're not so far behind that it couldn't happen tomorrow. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have a lot of Canadian people that follow me on TikTok and, and social media, but you know, I've heard about the overreach in other countries, and it's really scary to think that the United States is 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 in that direction, headed in that direction. Yeah, I would have never thought in a million years that the United States of America I grew up in would be at this point in time in my life. I thought, well, something like this could probably happen down the road, but not while I'm actually still alive and, and breathing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you brought up the Netherlands uh, and they're protesting and, you know, more power to them. You know, we need more countries around the world, even here, to stand up and fight against the uh, overreach from government. Yeah, no, we definitely need to do something. And uh, the 2023 Farm Bill. So what's your input on that? Yeah, I'm pretty confident right now. I think we have a really strong ag committee this year. Um, you know, earlier I was talking about ag committee. I was talking about I didn't trust them in Tennessee. That's that's the main thing. I mean, I went to a hearing. I wasn't very impressed. Um, my dad's like, it doesn't take you a lot to say you don't trust anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I said, because I don't. Do you trust anybody? He said, no. I said, well, <laughs> I mean, you they do lingu you know, lingo and they say things that make you feel like it's off. And so, you know, one thing about our ag committee at, at the national level is, you know, Glenn Thompson is a fighter. He, he's the head of the committee. He's from Pennsylvania. And he he's bringing on other farmers and ranchers like Amanda Radke, big platform. 
and actually asking their opinion. That's all we want. Okay. If you have to pass something and it's not getting voted on, okay, well, you know, that's what happens. But when you bring on farmers and ranchers onto your political parties and onto your political teams, it makes us feel valued. It, it creates that trust. It bridges that gap and it helps consumers know where their food is coming from. We have had 10 years of just crap administration on the agriculture part. Okay. I'm going to call it crap. The lobbyists. We talked about ag secretary crap. Okay. He doesn't know anything. He's on the agenda with the Biden administration. He don't care. And so I, I think they've done a good job. John Rose is on the ag committee. Desjardins, he's our rep here in Tennessee. And, you know, I think we have a strong fight for a fair farm bill. That's what we need. We were really worried that there was going to be a lot of Green New Deal initiative in there. Um, but I think it's going to I think it's going to come around and um, it's going to be really great for the American people to have a safe legislation that protects our food supply. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, maybe they're protecting that. And then that was their way to distract the people from WOTUS because now we have a problem with water. So it's it's never going to be 100 percent. And I, I wish we could have done more. Farm Bureau was really good on fighting back, but they didn't have enough uh, army guys up there to, to fight hard enough. So that was that was a big thing for us. Yeah, the thing with the water is getting crazy, too, with uh, the Biden administration putting out that, you know, they're going to stop and limit the amount of water being used in seven western states. I don't know if you've seen that. That was a few weeks ago, and they're they're wanting to limit people that are on the Colorado River because, you know, California and Nevada and Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and a couple other states are – using way too much water. So now they want them to cut back on their supply of, of water intake that they, they use daily. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, it's just, it's just a complete overreach and the lies that they want to continue to portray, you know, onto the American people through media. And I've talked about, you know, 2012 Obama signed the Smith month modernization act. And that was, outlawed after world war ii and they didn't you know it was using media to deploy propaganda on its people and you know obama signed that american people and it's it's been working i mean they're they're doing everything they can to hit us from at every direction with all the stuff that's going on and people don't realize this is all part of a plan it's all part of a design Mm mm-hmm I mean, you're not seeing a dairy farm of eight what eighteen thousand cows that get dairy cows that get blown up. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't by accident. That wasn't by coincidence. These train derailments, not by accident or by coincidence. It's all part of a plan. They're just trying to poison our food, our water, our land, and we have absolutely no chance if we continue to allow the stuff going on that's going on. Yeah, and it's crazy, you know, like, that's what I'm getting at. For Americans that are on the fence, that are, you know, following this vegan, plant-based lifestyle, they covered those train derailments for, like, two days. They didn't give anything, really any information about how much was spilled in water, how much was contaminated. They estimated, but they didn't actually have a process Going back, again, if we were to put manure in water, if something would happen, 
if the cows, you know, cows are going to be grazing, they can use the water. They're going to really put it out there and they are going to fine us for years. So the government is not even taking accountability on their own regulations when it comes to these events happening in our country, because that's okay. It was a mistake. And it's because they're invested into the chemicals and the railways and all of this stuff. I mean, you just got to dig a little bit deeper to understand why they don't make it a big deal on their part. I mean, especially like let's one of one of the plant-based products was uh, most of their, I think it was about 22 items was recalled. And they talked about it for maybe 30 seconds, but then they're going to attack this Amish man that got two recalls because he lives the Amish ways of producing and providing food for his community. And they're trying to regulate them and put them out of business. And the other plant base got a slap on the hand. Like there is a government overreach happening and they're targeting certain industries and certain people in America. Well, another thing that hasn't been spoken about is how well the Amish communities thrived Mm -hmm. through COVID. Yep. You know, they, they, you didn't hear anything about the Amish communities and we have a lot of them around where I live and you always seen, they were out there doing, you know, they were out there doing their land, farming their land. They were out there building homes. They were still doing the things that they did. They didn't stop. Their communities continued to thrive. Mm-hmm. And I think that really pissed the government off that there are people who aren't connected to the system that don't believe in the things that government wants to have done. And they live their community and they thrived. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why that there's the attack on the Amish now. I think that they don't want that to happen for the next time around. Something's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and talking about the plant-based stuff and, and the things that we've been talking about, you know, and the derailments, the processing plants burning down. Then we had the chicken feed from like tractor supply company and stuff like that. There were, people weren't getting eggs this is just the you know i don't know how to say this is what they want people to understand is they don't want you to grow your own food they don't want you having the ability to have your own chickens you know your own livestock because they don't want you living off the grid they want you completely on the grid and dependent on government yeah that's exactly right so, uh, wrapping it up, is there anything that you, you want to let the listeners hear you say? Yeah, I mean, just try to follow people that are fighting back for agriculture. That's my biggest thing. There's a lot of influencers out there in the Western industry and not enough advocates. Um, I, I love making new connections. I really do. But I see a lot of people in the agriculture industry that are just trying to make money and trying to get sponsorships and trying to become popular. And they don't even talk about agriculture. They're wearing clothes like they're a cowgirl or cowboy, but they're not giving back to rural communities and they're not standing up for their own rights. So just make sure that it's great. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I love dressing up. I love Western fashion. 
But if we're not going to start speaking about issues within our own agriculture industry and the people that created Western and what we call agriculture today, then we're not doing it right. We're not, we're not giving them the credit. We're not protecting them. Um, and again, if you're not a political person, that's fine. But at least share something, a story about a farmer or rancher, share something about a local 4-H FFA, how they're raising money and they're doing a dinner or something. Like, do something. Don't just care about yourself and put on a face and, and adopt a title if you're not actually going to promote what we stand for. That's a big thing with me uh, moving forward. And I'll always just be honest about that. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we're going to the, we'll be in Fort Worth uh, in May for the Cowgirl Channel. They just, you know, released and they want their following and the people that are working on this project to understand the voice of the farmer rancher. I'm very grateful they invited us, you know, to come speak and and go go to events where you can find speakers that have a passion for agriculture. Go learn and go trust uh, that our food supply is safe because farmers and ranchers are still out there fighting for you, you know? So there's a lot we can do as a community. I think standing up for farmers and ranchers is number one. Number two is educating ourselves correctly. And number three is you know, I think right now protecting your kids, protecting your kids from this agenda that they're going to have to eat something different because agriculture isn't sustainable. They're lying to you. Plenty of food in our country to sustain the American people. The problem is the agenda, the regulations and us not trusting in agriculture. That's the biggest problem. Yes, I agree 100 percent. And as I tell people, go out and support your local farmers. Go out. Go out and visit the farms, you know, ask for a tour, just, you know, learn something about what they do. Don't just assume whatever the media says or whatever our government tells you. Go speak to your local farmers. Go to the 4-H fairs. Go and just mingle and network with people out there. I mean, you will learn a lot about the farming industry, the, the rancher life. You will You will meet somebody, I promise you. And you will learn a little bit of something instead of being indoctrinated by what our government and our media is telling us. Yes, yes. So right. So right. Well, let everybody know where they can find you at. Um, so it's Stephanie Nash underscore no farms, no food. I think I've changed all my platforms. So we're good there. It's just Stephanie Nash on Facebook because you can't really do anything um, there. I'm going to try to... Um, Post some more on Facebook. I'm really bad about being on Facebook, but I need to be better. Same with Twitter. Instagram and TikTok have just become really big platforms. So I'll try to put some more stuff on there for you guys. Um, but yeah, just if you're ever in Tennessee, come visit the farm. We do tours all the way through October. And the creamery is always open. So if you want to get outside of Nashville and come see the farm, that would be awesome. I definitely have to make a trip down there then. Yeah, and then I'll be at all the Turning Point USA events. So if there's any agriculture listeners out there that want to start, you know, getting into the conversation, just know I'm trying to push for agriculture and they're on their platform. I think they're missing a big market with FFA and 4-H students. I tell people all the time, FFA students are some of the smartest kids I have ever met in my life. They believe in agriculture. They understand it. They do projects on it. They communicate. And so that's a big thing, too. We just need to start having conversations about agriculture. And I think that's going to change our country. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Well, Stephanie, thank you very much for coming on the show. And I appreciate you being on it. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, everybody. That's the show. All right, everybody. You know how much I support and advocate for small businesses and organizations. Now, if you are a small business or organization and you would like for me to promote you on my podcast and add you to my link tree, please contact me at renegadesrantpodcast at outlook.com. Or you can get a hold of me through any of my social medias. Just direct message me. Now, I'm going to kick this off with Saints and Sinners Hat Company. This is ran by my buddy, Three Rose. And he has some badass hats on his site. He's got the Come and Take It hat. He has a We the People hat. Pedophile Hunter hat. A Take It Easy hat. A Tinfoil hat. Just go check out his site and order you a hat today. PatriotFishingGear.com Now this used to be PatriotFishingGear.us, but Donnie has now changed it to .com. It's ran by Donnie. He has some badass custom tumblers. He has some really awesome hats and shirts on his site. He is also in the process of making rods and reels, so please go check out his site today. Star Spangled Designs. This is ran by Misfit Amy. She is making some pretty badass custom patriotic jewelry, so please go check out her site and check her awesome kick-ass custom jewelry out. It's patriotic. Go get you some. FedUpGear.com. Now, FedUp, he is hosting a Flat Earth Festival in Pattersonville, New York, July 29th and 30th. You can go on FedUpGear.com to get your tickets. It has all the information on there. You can order your tickets through his site. You also, while you're there, check out all his kick-ass gear. He has some pretty badass hats and shirts as well. Also, we're going to talk about these organizations I support. Change Unchained. This is ran by Troy and Tiffany. Now, Troy and Tiffany are actually involved in going out and combating human trafficking. They go out and they help recover those who are being trafficked and sexually exploited. They have a burn-it-down ranch with tiny homes to help the survivors get back on their feet and get back into society. They teach them trades. They teach them how to drive. They help them get their GEDs. This is a badass 501c3. They do it all. They are there to help the victims. We have We Want the Names. This is ran by Jess and Amy and their badass team of patriots. Uh... They are dedicated to fighting for the survival of human rights. They have just launched a Guardian project, and it's designed to unify and educate members about child sex trafficking and Western cultural attacks on parents and minors. Also, protecting children from online pedophiles, uh, damaging gender-affirming care, Teachers with uh, radical ideologies that they're teaching in these schools. Uh, Doctors with financial agendas 
and of course our extremist politicians and their bullshit. Next up, we have Lady Liberty Foundation. This is ran by Larry and Noel. Uh, this organization is dedicated to bridging the gap between active military, veterans, first responders, and giving them the everyday resources that they desperately need. Uh, they're founded by some God, God-fearing patriots who value sacrif- the sacrifices that uh, these heroes have made for America. So please get involved. We need you to help our veterans, our active military, and the first responders. It's imperative that we help our heroes. And lastly, One's Purpose. Now, this is ran by Joni. Uh, they are dedicated to helping survivors of uh, sexual trafficking. Uh, they're offering them refuge and relocation. And they also do uh, long and short-term uh, programs throughout the U.S. to help get them into places where they can get the help that they need and to help protect them and keep them from going and falling back into this. So these are the organizations I am supporting. I am also supporting podcasts. Now, if you've been listening to me, you know that I am tied to the hip with a little extra Lambo podcast. Uh, Lambo got me involved. He got me started with my podcast. I am just thankful that he has got me to where I am today. Thank you, Lambo, and continue to have a kick-ass show and continue to promote me. Thank you. Also, there's the Nursing Underground podcast, and that's ran by Gray State Revolution. Uh, Gray State Mafia, as you know him, Big Dave. Uh, A very great podcast for those who are in the medical field, uh, start listening to it. And those not in the medical field, please listen to him as well because he puts out the information about what's going on in healthcare today. He has a surprise coming out. Can't say what it is, but it's going to be big. And when he does, I'm going to be behind it. And lastly, last uh, is a, a Man Apart podcast. Now, A Man Apart has a very intriguing podcast. Now, he goes and he does all these podcasts on people who have been attacked sexually uh, by pedos and by murderers. And it's a very, very dark, complected uh, podcast that brings to light things that these victims go through, no matter what they have been through as far as sexual trafficking to the sexual assaults to the ones who have been murdered by these people. Now, please go check these podcasts out. Last but not least, we got to get Freedom Stick on here. I'm a huge advocate for this man. He has a virtual workshop that will teach you everything you need to know about preparedness and what you need to do. If you need an action plan, this man will walk you through it. If you have an action plan, he will find all the holes in your 
action plans. So please go check out Freedom Sticks Virtual Workshop. And that being said, thank you for listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast. I am very happy to those who are listening and who are following the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast. Find the Kentucky Renegade Patriot on TikTok and Instagram, as well as the Renegades Rant Podcast on Pandora, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, and many others.